Welcome to the Conscious Educator Playground, where we collaborate with trusted educators from around the world to ignite and empower a passionate community committed to revolutionizing education from the inside out. Join me as we create our lives and our cultures on purpose. This is the Conscious Educator Playground. Let's play. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Conscious Educator Playground podcast. I am Sandy Herrera with my co-host, Shiva Rashada, and we have the honor of welcoming Jen Lim, um, my friend and former boss. We're going to chat about that a little bit, um, <laughs> from Delivering Happiness, and uh, she's just recently, recently, I, I don't know, time's gone by fast for me, but it may not have for you. It's like telling a pregnant woman nine months later that it went by fast and she wants to punch you in the face. So I don't want <laughs> Welcome. You have Beyond Happiness out in the world now. Um, so many things for us to catch up on. I can't believe it's been 10 years since we've been working together. Wow. To see all the amazing things that you and the DH team have done uh, just brings so much mm. joy to my heart. And um, mm. I'm excited. Likewise. So welcome, welcome. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Um, 10 years 10 like years, that. Right? How did that happen? How did we grow up that fast? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it feels like 20 because the last three years felt like 10. So, <laughs> yes, that's sure. Let's, let's just, we, we go deep fast on this podcast. Um, and so let's dive in there. Can we just call Tony in this conversation with us spiritually? Mm. He, yes. I am so grateful to that man, not only for introducing me to you, but for sparking my work and my passion and my purpose in this world and um, in working with educators and transforming school culture, but I would not be here without you as well. Um, and so with all of that, um, I really want to kind of honor Tony as, as part of this podcast with us today. So can you say a little bit about like, Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you could do justice <clears throat> the time that we have to your connection with him and, and kind of mm. together. Uh, my connection with Tony. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, as you can imagine, there's been a lot of reflection in the last, well, since you passed. Um, and it's just more and more like we are I think I already knew knew when we were able to spend time together just how strong a bond there was but then uh, like you say he's still here and it's um just reinforcing how much like how unique he is and how unique our relationship was um and uh yeah it's it's uh it's bizarre when you know how many times he's still entering my day-to-days and just random thoughts of like you know questions or random things that I, th- I think would be f- only we would think would be funny probably funny to no one else because <laughs> <Right. laughs> they're silly that way but um but yeah and then just you know what you said at the beginning it's like he he truly is here in in having passed his sense of authenticity his sense of his his sense that everyone that he wanted everyone to be real and live up to their true, you know, purpose and potential. And so in those ways, that's as, you know, sad and tragic as it was, it's at least there's that, you know, there's, that's the ripple that will forever be yeah, present. So much so. And, you know, I've, I've shared, you know, along the way, and I don't know how much, how much I've shared because sometimes I forget. Yeah, stories that I share publicly versus privately and, uh, you know, <clears throat> just him him coming to me in different hypnotherapy sessions that I've done and, and dreams and things and, you know, really being the, the catalyst behind me building this conscious educator playground. And, you know, he like literally vividly in a hypnotherapy session, we're walking down the streets of San Francisco and he's like, build a playground, build a playground, like so clear as day. And I'm like, where did that, where did Build a playground. Mm-hmm. It's just so unequivocal. And so building this conscious educator playground podcast is the, the beginning of mm. that. And, um, and it just, it would not, again, my life would not be what it is without his inspiration and, and his nudges and his brotherly hugs and, and all of that. <laughs> um, so 
I just, uh, I didn't know any other way to start this other than to honor him and bring him to the table with us. Yeah, he's right here. So I think it's perfect, perfect way to start. So let's talk about your journey, like let alone beyond happiness and the book, um, Mm -hmm. but even your journey in, in DH and watching you grow and evolve as a human and as a leader and the company and the impact and the inspiration that you have been able to, to spread forth in this world has been so inspiring to me. So thank you for being you. (laughs) And I'd love to hear like, what's, what's that like when you reflect back on, on the past 10 plus years of your journey? Yeah. um, Thank you for kind kind words. And, you know, for me, it's just, it's people like you that are so, so inspired by these things that we're inspired by, like others and authenticity and all that. It really fuels me. So thank you. It's it's really an honor. Um, Reflection. I mean, it's still surreal. <laughs> I mean, you, I can't believe, you know, you've seen me from the early days to now, now we're reconnecting again, which is awesome. But um, what started as like this, like, okay, cool. That sounds like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's turn this book into a company. Sounds like a great idea. No idea what I was getting into. Like never thought I'd be leading a company. Never thought I'd be a CEO of anything. But like, but it just felt like so you know, right, because it was so purpose aligned and people like you and, and the team were just, we were just all living in this, you know, living out what we what, what we were like dreaming or non-dreaming of because it was so bizarre. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had no idea, you know, like, you know, you, you had this before where people were like, oh, you're delivering happiness. You must be happy every day. And it's like, no, <laughs> it's not how that works. <laughs> Um, so there's been so many amazing moments. There's been so many challenging ones and it's surreal to know that we're still around. Like, you know, we didn't know (laughs) what we set out to do. So I don't know. I mean, every day is just like crazy, cool, uh, crazy, cool blessing, um, that we can still have this message that resonates. And in, in some ways, if not more because of what happened in the last few years and, and really, that's why, not to feel like I'm plugging my book, but really, it's like why I felt like with all the things that happened to us and as collective global society and the traumas and the sad pains and and the losses we've had, I just felt like, wow, what a time to be alive, you know, in the most extreme ways of like, wow, we endured a hell of a lot. And here we are. Um, so... So yeah, I just feel a tremendous sense of gratitude and I am so, yeah, I mean, everyone had a tough couple, two and a half years and I just learned so much. I mean, this is all about learning, right? And um, that's the reflection is like, wow, I have so much still to learn and more than ever before. Um, So that has been, uh, I'm grateful that I was able to get in those, get like sit in those lows, like really sit in them and embrace them and feel what they were so that I, at least now what it feels like to be lighter and even more grounded, if that makes sense. Yeah. So powerful. And, and I, I, it does make sense. And and I resonate with that. I had um, someone was sharing with me last week and, you know, if, if we're this, this soul before we come to this lifetime, then um, we've, we're told like, Hey, you get to go and be human and like experience all of these emotions. And, and you're like, yes, I want that. I'm in. And then we get here and then we're like, Oh, but I don't want that one. And I don't want that one. <laughs> and we try to reject all of these things. And so I love what you're saying about like, just sit in it, like feel in it. And because mm. there's so much wisdom there, right? There's so many lessons and, and, juicy bits as my sister likes to call them mm-hmm. in the sadness and the grief and even the anger, right. That, that yeah. comes a lot of it. And there's a All lot the of things. Absolutely. Totally. Can agree more. I was just looking at a, um, someone's profile the other day and she's a speaker and 
I hadn't heard of her, but like, so basically she hadn't, she had to endure like her full, I think her whole body went through like major burns. And so you can still see it. And so what she, her quote was, um, people think you're strong when you don't feel the pain, but it's actually when you feel the pain, that's like where true strength comes. And, um, you know, she's a living physical, but I'm sure spiritual and mental example of that too. So it's pretty cool. Yeah so powerful and it's like we we get to this space in life where you know the the pursuit of happiness seems to be like the driving force that we're seeking and then mm-hmm. I, I love your your pivot of to just go to this deep place and go no no this is what's beyond like that surface level of happiness mm-hmm. you know we you know at delivering happiness we always talked about you know the rock star high is fun mm-hmm. but there's so much more to it yeah yeah. Oh, you still remember stuff from DH. <laughs> <laughs> <I do>. Ten <laughs> years. Things. <laughs> fun times. I mean, I was even as you were saying, oh my gosh, you know, from the old days of DH, and I was thinking about when we got Winky. Um, <laughs> just thinking about you know how how happy Fod was um, when. So, do you want to describe Winky a little bit? Because I won't do it justice. <laughs> Yeah. Well, when people first hear Winky, they think something else. Apparently, like in the UK, especially, it means something else. <laughs> like, <laughs> got it. <laughs> yes. Um, so I always get weird faces when I was like, yeah, Winky. They're like, mm, what's that? Um, so we bought a, actually, we call it Winky One, like Air Force One, but we bought like a 1985 Airstream RV. So you can actually drive it while you're like, everyone's partying in the back. Um, and just, totally re- redid it and gutted it out and made it our office our mobile office so those were some fun times I mean I remember the unveiling of it I mean so that that's how long ago it was when I was yeah. there. so crazy between that and then you know the Hulk breaking out the Hulk gloves you know at our executive team meeting I still have those right here <laughs> they come in handy <laughs> And so this is what makes culture fun, right? And this is where like our passion and purposes, you know, collided in, in this, like culture is this deep, meaningful work below the surface. And that, that has led, I think, to this journey that you're on and, and I'm on as well. And kind of fellow, Mm -hmm. fellow happiness travelers in this life of um, unpacking our own journey to then share with the world and to ignite and inspire that in companies um and then on my side in schools yeah you know such a gift to be walking on this parallel path with you totally I mean I imagine so many amazing stories of of what what you're doing and the culture space within schools I mean how I mean I just I'd imagine like I know every day can't be happy but it's much must be so rewarding touching that part of our society on a day-to-day basis it is for sure. I had um, the opportunity to be with an administrative team at a high school on Tuesday. Mm. And we um, I designed this activity um, around the six senses of culture. And mm. we, we had them take on the, the persona of different members of their, of their school community. And none of them could be administrators. They had to choose, you know, a student, a parent, a community member, an administ- you know, a district level executive. And they mm. embodied this person. They actually got to give it a name, give the person a name and tell me their story. And we welcomed them into the room. And then we went on a walking tour of their campus. Oh, wow. They literally got to describe, you know, what was through all of their senses as that person in that role. And so mm. yeah, into the depth of, of the work and the ahas and the, the takeaways from that exercise, uh, that's when it's rewarding because some of them are beyond what I would even imagine um, mm. they would take away. It's really mm. being that, that facilitator of the work that comes through me. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that, it's like, it just kind of gave me chills in the sense of like, you really don't know. We really don't know how, and what people will take away and what kind of unearths in them. And so sometimes it's like beyond any, there's no expectation anymore because some people are just really take, take it in, you know, and, and totally like 
flourish with it. So, so cool. Yeah, absolutely. So when you think about, and you mentioned like lifelong learning um, Mm. and just is part of who you are. um, But if you unpack that a little bit and and think about your passion behind lifelong learning and and being on the Conscious Educator Playground podcast, we have to talk about learning, right? We have to talk about (laughs) education. You are an educator. Right. And I know you don't probably give yourself that title, um, mm. but you are an educator. You, you are teaching others to live beyond their own happiness, right? And, and into, into what's real and what's raw. But what, why are you passionate about a lifelong learning? Uh, I think, I think I've guessed this, there's always been such a natural sense of curiosity. And, and since like as we get older the more I realize it really has to be intentional like curiosity will always be there but uh, I think for me especially since I call it 2020 BC so 2020 before COVID and now it was like a huge reminder of um, things that I probably assumed too much you know like whether it was DH, oh, we've been around for 10 years, like, we've got this. It's like, no, <laughs> wait till a pandemic hits. Um, and then I, yeah. And then so um, because of going through those highs and lows of like the past two and a half years, I came out of it. The lightness came when I realized I need to be that, I need, I want to have that beginner's mind all over again, like from like, true beginner's mind and that in this year alone has opened up different things that used I used to would say like oh I can't do this seven-day meditation retreat number one I can't wake up that early in the morning and number two I can't you know take off work and I was just saying yes to things I was saying hell yes to things that I normally would say I can't and that was kind of like proof in the pudding of reminding me every every day is a chance to learn if we choose to be, if we choose that uh, sort of approach and angle. So I guess now I have a, I'm reinvesting in that whole philosophy because I've like, I've viscerally felt the difference when I choose to grow, when I choose to absorb new things. Um, And that's made the biggest difference. And that's like, now I'm just, you know, resold on the path of of eternal learning. (laughs) Right. And, and that visceral response, right. And, and we talk often about like, that's, that's when you know, whether you're in or out of alignment is when you're mm-hmm. noticing what's happening in your nervous system. And so when it's a full body, yes, it's like, okay, apparently we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Mind's trying to hold you back and go, no, no, but that's scary, but that's scary. And all these, you know, what ifs. Yeah. Hanging off totally. And that's the, the coolest thing is like, once you experience that, you can't, go back you can't close that door at all um and you so you just feel more in tune when you are out of whack and like yeah I think people oftentimes just question like how does that person like meditate every day or exercise every day or whatever it is it's like it it is a practice for a reason because it is a practice um but again until you feel that difference that you don't know the value of it and then um, I kind of uh, thought of it also like as a, a, a like a experiential bank, like when you invest in yourself and you kind of like see the dividends, feel the dividends. And then you're like, why wouldn't I keep reinvesting in that? Right. Absolutely. So with with that, when was a moment when you questioned everything in life we talk about you know before mm-hmm. COVID and after COVID and all of the impact of that and you know I was recently in Florida helping my sister's team and, and several schools kind of with hurricane recovery from a mental wellness perspective and mm-hmm. so many big you know things that have impacted us as humans that I think we've all been in some version of questioning everything but mm-hmm. for you moment yeah i think it was a series of moments for sure and it it paralleled the the writing of the book because i started it in the beginning of december sorry beginning of 2020 
And with every, and it was like a nice and tidy outline. It was all like boom, 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 so straightforward and clear cut. Then of course, you know, we got 2020. So every, every headline that came up, I was like, oh, I can't write that anymore. Or, oh, you know, that's crap. And, and that all led up to, you know, Tony's passing in November. Um, and that, and that I had five weeks for the book to be turned in. And, It just, if you're talking about one of those moments, it was one of those moments that I questioned everything. And it really, the irony, right? The irony of like, I'm here writing this book that, you know, I, I felt so confident beginning at the beginning of it because I knew what I was you know, sharing. And then by the end of that year, I was like, what, what, where are we now? And why is it worth saying? Why is my voice worth, you know, being put out there? So that's when I really um, had to take a super hard look in the mirror and ask myself, as I was processing Tony's passing, like, do I really believe in these things? It's, it's these moments that are just like, that I feel like it's a true test of, like, it was a reset on humanity, I feel, on all of us. So, so yeah, I had to do some really deep digging at that time to... Uh, to actually come out the other end and realize that it means more than ever, all these things that we believe in and the you know things that I mentioned in the book, but also just how we just really need to double down on things that, um, that we can, with self-awareness, have clarity uh, that are the most important things to our lives. And that's not, you know, obviously climbing the ladder or, or hit, hitting that ne next socioeconomic rung. But, um, but yeah, that was a, a big whammy in my life, as I'm sure everyone went through in some form or another. Yeah, absolutely. So did you redefine success in that time? Um, I don't think I did, because I think I've always had a fair definition of it that was anti traditional success. <laughs> <laughs> What does success look and feel like to you? Um, I think these days, and because of the work I've been doing on my own or on myself, I had, you know, I didn't realize the the depth of self-care <laughs> and self-love. I was like, I got that, right? I got that figured. And it was just like when that whammy hit and um I so I I just realized a lot of different things after I started learning and testing things on myself and so I think the success for me now is being able to be um as aligned to that sense of where I know my groundedness is and you know we love you love we love impacting people right we love sharing and 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 connecting and and teaching and learning but I now know that my success is based on um, like the more I work on myself and ground myself, the more I can ripple out in even bigger and better ways in forms of our work, in forms of love, like in forms of like, even my mom, like after these series of things I've been doing this year, she's like, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Cause, <laughs> cause like, I love my mom and dad, but you know, mom's like, but now we just actually, we, you know, have fun. We're not like, you know, transactional, like what, what do you want for dinner? You know, it's like, it's such a different sense of where love comes from. And that, I guess for me, if I continue this path out, that'll be success. Yeah, that's awesome. And and I love bringing in the, the generationality of it, right? Is that as we connect through different generations, and we see this in schools, we see this as, as kind of a I don't want to call it a conflict, um, but it, it's definitely an area of growth within our schools to, to mm -hmm. honor the different generations and what success yeah. looks like and what wealth looks like and what freedom looks like. And like, we need to define these words so mm. that we can actually communicate on that level, regardless of our generation. And it's why like you and I both are passionate about core values work. And when mm. we find that common language of values that we get to this unified place. And so you talk about fun with your mom, like that's a, if, if fun is a value of yours or embedded in however you phrase it, then, then that's where you meet in that real and authentic place, which is beautiful. 
Mm, yeah. Yeah, it totally. Um, and I, I love that you bring up um, the generational, you know, ancestral thing, because that's a part of success, too, in my mind, is that, like, in some, so many forms, like, our, gen- our previous generations, our ancestors, our parents, our grandparents, they freaking succeeded, you know, they, what everything they did, they sacrificed for, it's kind of like, like, but no one gave them a high five, but you're like, holy <laughs> shit, you know, you freaking did it, you know, and we have this luxury of benefiting from all that. Yeah, f- yes, of course, there's a lot of challenges out there, but damn, it's crazy what they did for us. And so I love that you're bringing that up because I think the more we can embed that in our you know, everyday um, ideology, our thoughts, a way we talk, um, and it, uh, it's like it's the least we can do to, to honor that. Yeah, which is huge, right? And, and I think so often we we look at history and then go, that's the past. And we want to push it away versus going, no, the richness of where we are now is as a result of the successes and the lessons that have been carried forward. And and how do we actually take the juiciness of that now to then design our futures with intention, Mm. honoring traditions. And and I'm sure you have these conversations in the cultures that you transform. You know, we definitely do in schools where it's like, you know, the richness of the tradition and some of the high schools that have been around for generations, right? And yeah. they're like, don't don't mess with this part. Like that mural is there because, uh, you know, someone's great grandfather painted that mural. Like we don't, yes, it's faded. So we just need to, we need to honor it and touch it up, not paint over it and pretend it didn't happen, right? And yeah. so there's a lot of pieces there. Yeah, totally. It's so cool. I want to learn more. I mean, I want to hear one of your stories of like, of like one of the most, touching or impactful or transformational, um, you know, experiences you've had? Yeah. The first one that, that popped into mind was when I was at Desert Pines High School and we had, um, I've been working with their administrative team for a whole year to get them to be a team in flow before we even created their core values in year two. Mm. Um, and so pulling together a culture leadership team and, um, Pulling, pulling their entire school community, all of their value, you know, teaching them what a core value is, pulling all their values words, and then um, getting to a place with this culture leadership team where we had, we were starting in the wordsmithing and trying to come down to the shortlist and um, putting it all together. And we had come up with their shortlist of words. And so I had them on flip chart paper all around the, the library where we were. And so it's this team and there was about, about 20 of us in the room. And they're like, I don't know. Everyone's kind of feeling wonky. I'm like, I don't know if this is it. I don't know if this is it. Mm. Okay, well, hang on. We're going to do a little walking, you know, exercise inside of each of the values that, you know, they had already articulated up on the walls. And I said, now, now I want, you know, two of you to go to each. They had 10 at the time. Um, and I want you to come up with a story uh, from the teacher perspective and a story from the student perspective mm. of that value being at play. And so we got to hear 20 little stories. Mm. And by the time they were done, they were like, that is us. (laughs) (laughs) It probably wasn't that cheesy, but that's how I. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all that matters. Yeah. And and it was so, it was just so beautiful and so impactful just to, to feel that, that resonance right into that, Mm -hmm. like, just holding the mirror up for who they are on their best day, not some aspirational version of who they want to be, Mm. but who they are, they just get to notice it. And that's, that's a gift to me every time I get to see that. um, That's beautiful. Nice. Beautiful work that, you know, gets to come through us. And, and again, I, I, always say, you know, I I wouldn't be doing this work had you and Tony not pushed me out of the nest and said, you're passionate about it, go build it. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not going to do it under DH, you go do it on your own. And I was like, (laughs) am I without DH? I don't know who I am. Um, And so to spend these last 10 years really figuring out who I am and, and what does light me up and, and trusting my own intuition, trusting my own wings. And Mm -hmm. totally with my son just moving out six months ago and now I just sold oh. my house in Vegas and I'm doing this empty nester gap year thing. And 
I'm going to go create a home base in New Hampshire. Uh, and oh, wow. I'm going to, you know, have, I still have work here in Vegas. I have work in Florida. Like I'm traveling and running and jumping and playing, which is awesome, but it is a big leap of faith to go, okay, I have no groundedness. I, you know, I just let go of the cliff and speaking mm. of questioning everything. It, it mm. is, uh, oh my God, like watching my pod of my storage pod of things be lifted away <laughs> and, and carried away was, was super surreal and go, oh, nest gone, wings, do something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, we know how to do this. Okay. Do we know how to do this? Wait, do we know how to do this? Yes, we know how to do this. Wait, do we know how to do this? <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like you're ready. And as you uh, are readier than you've ever been um and as you were talking like it's you know it wasn't me or tony or anything i it's like i hear people and they're like oh thanks for helping me change or it's for changing my um perspective and it's actually no you did you 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 helped you change and that's the whole thing it's like no one can the empowerment of within what you're doing is like that's that's the, the beauty of it we had you had most to do with it yeah uh, the spark is important so <laughs> it's both ways and and I think you know with with Sheba and I's relationship and and we met at, at a middle school when she was an instructional coach there and mm. I think that doesn't do her job justice of, of the role she was actually in she was, she was an administrator without getting paid um for oh, it <laughs> And um, just that like resonance of, of community. And so I'd love to talk a little bit about community because that's kind of how she and Shiva and I connected. And, mm-hmm. and I, I invited her to be my co-host on this podcast and um, kind of the, the power of that and how you've used that to fuel your work and your world and even your team and who you surround yourself with. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, uh, as you probably remember, our models, me, we, community, and how they're concentric circles because that ripple is one that emanates out from the me, but they're also... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was quick. (laughs) Like you had your finger there the whole time, like on that page. Well, you know, so I just have to tell you, Jen, um, Sandy bought this for the team um, last, last Christmas, and... Uh, you know, as an educator, I don't really read books like front to back anymore. <laughs> and this start with the me has yeah. really transformed who I am as an educator in the classroom. Wow. So that's why when you, so when you were talking, I had this, oh, but I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry to interrupt. That's awesome. No, no, not at all. Interrupt more often. Ah, that gave me another set of chills that's so cool yeah so like community being that um when you start with the me and then you ripple to the we because that's when you're building your team and all that and it's so naturally to build that you know community that i think is not even it's not the traditional sense of how we think of community it's like especially you know since 2020 especially because we're we all don't have like we're in zoom land right now but are we connecting yeah we are connecting actually even though it's not ideal but I mean, we now, we all know it's that connection, that connectedness is, is more needed than ever for, you know, all the stats that we've seen on loneliness and, and depression. And, um, and now we're talking all these things about mental health in, in a very transparent way, which I think as, a, you know, there's, as there's some silver linings of all this, all this. And that was one of them, I think, is that we were able to speak transparently about these crazy issues that it was always there, but just under the hood. And then, you know, COVID just blasted the hood and it's like, yes, let's be real about this. So that in itself, I think, like lends to even potentially even tighter sense of community because we can get that real with one another and just, you know, have that real talk. Um, And and just knowing that when we can build those things like psychological safety in the classroom, in the workplace, then that's when you know all these things that we used to talk about, uh, like meaningful connections. You know, that's where it starts. That's how you know how it, it grows from there. So, um, so yeah, 
and it's uh, more more needed than ever. And I'm glad that we have all these people like you that understand what where that true community can can come from. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't come from being your inauthentic self. It comes from being your authentic self and, and attracting those like minds and totally hearts and, and really kind of leaning into that. And little little side note when um when Zoom kind of first became big, I don't know what you call it. <laughs> the thing. The ruler of our lives. The ruler uh-huh. of our lives. <laughs> like, I was thinking back to we were zooming before zooming was cool. Um, and- <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember it. We were probably using Skype or you know, something else at that point in time, but it really allowed um, me to pivot my schools um, and focus on their culture. And I was doing um, free Wednesday principal chats um, as soon as the pandemic hit, because I already knew how to leverage technology for that. And you know, mm-hmm. be able to, to continue creating connectedness and community virtually. And I had been working with a school in Florida for a couple of years prior to the pandemic virtually. And then I fly out there once a quarter. And so I already had the rhythm and, yeah, you know, I, again, all of the building blocks kind of get you to where you are now and kind of how, how we all learn and grow and evolve. And so yeah. with that, what's something you're still working on? What's, what's still hanging out there where you're like, yep, this is, this is my thing right now. Uh, me <laughs> working on me every day. <laughs> it's the me project. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's that, and and really, again, with the beginner's mindset of seeing how that work changes what I put out there and how I show up. Um. And I, I think that I'm feeling because of this lightness that there's more room for creativity. So I don't know exactly what the next big project is or anything, but kind of feel it, it will come when it's ready. Um, but yeah, I mean, but uh, working on the me projects, full-time job. <laughs> it's a full-time job. <laughs> Back to that practice, right? And meditation. Yeah. This working out as a practice, healthy eating as a practice. Yes, exactly. We can all fall fall out of practice and make mistakes and have off days and it's yeah, up, right? Yeah, and just being gentle about that. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we all can feel like we're our worst critic, but like the words of being more gentle, more kind, more curious. Um, it's it's pretty cool how you if you say those kind of words inside internally it does reframe things and lets that you know that once before very tense moment or like damn it <laughs> why'd you do that Jen and and be able to identify that and just let it kind of like wash away uh, quicker than it would have otherwise. Yeah. So when you think about the the book and sharing um, <clears throat> of. The, the key learnings, but really, if there was one thing that you wanted to share forward with student educators, and we have our Vanna Shiva um, <laughs> showing off the book, um, Vanna 2.0. But, exactly. What's that, what's that impactful lesson that you would love people to take away from the, the book? Mm. Well, I mean, you will resonate with this in some ways because remember, because Tony used to always talk about uh, how as leaders, we want to be basically growing greenhouses not be the tallest tree or the biggest plant but create the conditions for others to grow and you know of course totally believe it that through the learnings of my of the book writing of 2020 of his passing i realized there was there's a build there and the build was like it's not rocket science but it's like yes we want to grow the greenhouses but we have to nurture our own greenhouse and it's like the whole, you know, oxygen mass airport uh, airplane um, analogy. But uh, maybe we forgot that because you know we couldn't fly for like two years, but now we can. And so, <laughs> and also the whole metaphor is a bit more positive towards growth in a greenhouse versus like you know we're going to die on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's the biggest um, takeaway is that that metaphor of just 
please remember to nurture your own greenhouse as you're trying to grow others. And that's the whole part of like why I'm such a big believer in the beginner's mindset of testing your on your own, being your own scientist, being your own gardener. Because um, we're just, we, we can't keep on learning how to nurture that greenhouse. And we should, because by embracing those things that we might have not in the past, um, that's where you know the, the the biggest nurturing can be, like embracing the the resistance of what may have made us fearful or anxious or scared in the past. It's like, wow, if you actually sit down with it and like have a cup of tea with fear, how much we learn um, in how we can nurture our greenhouse. Yeah, I love that embracing the resistance. It's beautiful, beautiful. So in addition to Tony, um, who else inspires you? Who are you, who are you reading? Who are you studying? Who are you learning from right now? Mm. Um, I haven't picked up the next book yet, but I don't know. Like for me, I have been just getting inspired by those that are just doing the do doing what they do authentically. And without, you know, need for recognition or rewards. So just people that people don't even know about. Um, yeah, I guess I, I really talking about learning. Like I always felt like I can learn from anyone. And so um, we can get, you know, swept up into like keeping up with like the big icons out there. Like, you know, there's awesome people. Like Adam Grant's doing amazing work in our space. Um, Brene Brown. Um I still get inspired by Maya Angelou for I will forever. <laughs> oh, gosh, every every time I know, right? Um, but yeah, I, I I'm really digging just like learning from everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Shiva is um, the biggest purveyor of pulling book quotes and authors out of thin air, which is I'm like, you know that, and she goes, yeah, this, and I'm like, oh yes, that. I'm wow. So like, yes. I don't. Well, um, so my, um, I teach, um, AP literature, which is the, the highest English course wow. in our school right now. So we just finished, um, Song of Solomon by Toni Morrison. Wow. And that final line is, you know, what the protagonist learns is if you surrender to the air, you could ride it. And that's what I was basically talking about to my students. It's like, it's so easy, especially in that year where they're applying for college to be so worried about this, that, and the other. And I said, you know what? Have you ever just went by how you feel? Mm. And let's wow. just let go of the things that we can't control. Mm. And how much different life is going to be. And I'm like, even if you don't win, you're going to learn. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's no, there's no loss here. And they're so cute because they like, listen, that's the one thing. That I <laughs> well, but that's what COVID did to the kids. I mean, if we're talking about that working on me, it mm. took away all of the distractions. Yeah. So Gen Z had to really focus on themselves. And I think, you know, when we were talking about, um, you know, the different generations and things like that, what I love about this generation is they hold space for each other. Mm. And so you know, and that's what you were saying. You can learn from anyone and they really do. They really do listen. Hmm. And um, so, yeah, so I just, so anyways, when you were saying book quotes, Sandy, that's, that's <laughs> the last one that I was working on with my kids. And they were like, if you surrender to the air, you could ride it. I'm like, why not? Mm -hmm. What's it going to hurt at this point? You've been stressed out for the last six weeks. <laughs> Let's just try, you know, going by our intuition, listening to what you know, the inside of us is saying, you can trust that person. It's okay. So, mm. yeah. Wow. That yeah. was powerful. Yeah. I love that. I love that quote. It really is about surrendering. I mean, part, I mean, I feel like this hand in hand with a beginner's mindset. It's like, just surrender. You know, what, what do you got to lose? There you go. <laughs> and I think, and you were talking about that earlier. I think it's that, um, I mean, it is that fear, you know, because I, I think when we look forward and we don't see what's going on, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you know, what am I going to do? But you already know what's back there and you know, you don't want to go back. So it's like, might as yeah. well just keep moving forward. You know, the light at the end of the tunnel will show up sooner or later. <laughs> so, yeah. So true. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the awesome. Story, the stories that Sheba gets to share um, of how she leads her classroom and, and the culture that she creates in that container that yeah. creates such a beautiful um, bubble of growth and learning regarding yeah. what's going on outside of her classroom. And it's the things that, you know, we, we teach to educators, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to do it school-wide and she would just does such a beautiful job within her classroom to then have that growth and learning in the, the, the wisdom to connect with her students in a way where she actually sees the intangibles of what's happening with this generation. There's so many people that are talking about what's, what's wrong, mm-hmm. what's broken, what they're not doing, that they're entitled, like all of the, the shame and guilt and judgment versus when you do truly put them into this, mm-hmm. this container, this greenhouse, if you will, that, that allows them to grow and learn and thrive as the unique, amazing humans that they are. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just really beautiful work. And Tomorrow, um, I have a genius camp, a master genius camp under the nonprofit that that we started in partnership with the genius group globally. Um, And it's this group of students that we've had going through our camps for the last four years. And they like, it's a group of 25 and to be able to put them now back into a physical container because we've been virtual with them for the past two years, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, And so like, I could not be more excited to create this container with them tomorrow and, mm-hmm. and see where they are and, and how, I mean, we started working with them when they were in sixth and seventh grade, and now they're sophomores and juniors in high school. And wow. at our fundraising event last night, and I was like, oh my God, you've grown bigger than you <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, That's it's so cool. That's so cool. But first, I got to say, can I, how do I sign up for your class, Shiva? Because I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if you were if you were ever in the Washington DC area, you are welcome anytime. <laughs> anytime. Um we we just have great discussions and I like that yeah. you were saying, you know how like um our parents and our aunts and uncles, you know, they allowed us to have the opportunities we have now. And I think for those of us who are Gen X or, you know, um, older millennials, mm-hmm. we've really got to stop because we beat up on ourselves a lot. I don't know about you. Well, I know I do. I'm mm-hmm. working on that. I'm working on me. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I, think, I think that from what we've learned is we have really given the next generation just the, the a safe place. Like you're talking about that container, right, Sandy? To to really live freely, mm. right? The barriers that I think, you know, I mean, we were latch. I, I'm not going to speak for everyone. I know that I was a latch. Yep. Yeah. There we go. You know, we, <laughs> right. You, you figured it out on your own, but yeah. we, you know, for this generation, we built those safe containers and not only do they make safe spaces for themselves, mm. but they stand up for each other. Mm-hmm. And it is so beautiful to see. Wow. The students in my class, um, you know, with the discussions that I have, you'll have students say, I really like what Amy said. I really like what John said. You know what, Zara? I don't agree with you, but I'm going to work on that and really think about it after class. And maybe tomorrow it will be different. So I just I just want to say that hmm. it's it, it it doesn't seem like it now, but this next generation with all of their issues and TikToking, you know, I always see kids doing the dances. I'm like, put that away. but besides that they really do know how to hold that space for each other and how beautiful is that but they're not afraid to do the work yeah totally if you say in class like yeah you know what um I could really use an extra session with my therapist the kids are like oh you know what we understand yeah like it's not even it's not even a stigma for them yeah therapy or meditation or journaling yeah. You know, if I say I bought a new journal, they're like, oh, that's so great, Miss Rashada. I mean, they're on board. And how beautiful is that? Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Yes. That's so, so cool. I, I totally really, believe. Huh? Yeah. No, I'm saying no, it really is. Yeah, like, I believe it. I totally yeah. believe it. Yeah. Well, what do we call post COVID, Jen? If it was BC, is it AC? <laughs> it's AC, but it's hard to say AC because this COVID is going to be here it's forever. Here. I, I know. <laughs> I got to make up something new. Yeah. Um, Let us know when you come up with that. I will. <laughs> I wish I, I was in D.C. just a few weeks ago, too. <gasps> Dang it. You're going to have to schedule time, you know, yeah. before, before her students are gone. I'm sure that they would love to, you know, have an author come in and read them a chapter. 
Oh my gosh, they would. You could be throwing things out there, even if it's via Zoom, that would be fun. That would be fun. And then, and then if I say beyond happiness, then they'll, they'll be like, well, you have to make us happy. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, no, I'm beyond that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So no, anytime that invitation is your classroom. Thank you. That's very exciting. As we yeah. start to wrap up, I have a couple of last questions. Jen, if you yeah. have a magic wand, what is your wish for the future of education? Uh, have more teachers like Shiba and you. Right. <laughs> and change this system, systemic change. Now, like, what exactly you're all doing? It's, um, it's these life tools and lessons that have just never really been embedded in a way um that can really grow uh you know the next generations into but it's already i mean for what you're saying Sheba, it's already happening right it's already happening it's just kind of like it needs to needs to get out there it needs to scale you know like just these fundamental life life lessons um of being a human being uh is what I hope for the future. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Your lips to all the powers that be, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's make that happen. Yeah. And I always love to end with something fun. What was your favorite childhood toy game or adventure? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're on the playground. We have There's to- too many. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can make a list. It's okay. It doesn't have to- <laughs> Gosh, there's so many. Um. Stratego was really fun, but I don't know why I keep on going to uh, remember those books, uh, Choose Your Own Adventure. Yes. Oh, I love that. They need to come back. back. Yeah. The new version. But I love those. I would reread them because you can, but (laughs) it's a new adventure. But uh... I'm not dying this time. Yeah. (laughs) Did you you ever try to read them start then in order to like not choose and just to keep going? And it like, didn't, it wasn't as fun. No, I didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) That was me trying to break. Probably because it wasn't fun. (laughs) I was trying to break the rules. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you learned a lot that way, though. I learned a lot. I learned what not to do. Don't, <laughs> don't break the rules, Sandy. Don't break the rules. Oh, uh, that's so funny. Oh, I love it, Jen. Thank you so much for being yeah, here. Yeah, thank you. This was really fun. Uh, this is so cool. Soon, please. Yeah. Um, whenever we can meet in the same city, let's let's kind of figure that out. Likewise, likewise. I'm in the Bay, so you know where to find me. I think I will. I think I'll just have to make a trip. I love it. <laughs> yes, but I love it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Conscious Educator Playground podcast. Sheba, thank you as always for being my amazing co-host. And um, Jim, I will see you very soon. Much love to you. Thanks, everyone. Love you. Love Bye-bye. you too. Thanks for joining the Conscious Educator Playground. Subscribe to this podcast and join our Conscious Educator Playground Facebook group. You can find me at Sandra Marie Herrera across all socials. I look forward to seeing you on the playground again soon. Cheers to another week, living your life on purpose.